For the past couple of months, we have been in the middle of a remodeling project, to put it mildly. <laughs> we started in a bathroom, and, well, we haven't stopped. Uh, and it looks wonderful, so far so good. And if all you have seen upstairs, just try to go downstairs. Because it's torn up pretty good down there, too, and things are happening down there. And I've been so impressed with your flexibility. Uh, the Tuesday night Bible class, John Cooper leads, and if you, they'd love to have you at 6.30, they, uh, 6 o'clock? What time? <laughs> I just want to make sure that they knew I was testing them, they got it right. <laughs> they have met from week to week in various rooms on prayer meeting Wednesday night, that's 6.30. We meet from room to room. Uh, your Sunday school class has likely changed rooms. Mitch, yours changed today. Uh, there's just been a lot of need for flexibility. You've been walking on craft papers, going down the hallway for, for several weeks, and seeing signs on doors to keep out. We have had a mess, uh, but we are making great progress, and I truly appreciate your patience and uh, your kindness and grace through the project. Today we're going to look at a verse that's, that's become one of my favorites, and I hope you'll memorize this one uh, and see how you can apply it to your life uh, and the message in your life uh, every day. Before we look at it, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray today that we look at uh, a verse of Proverbs that you would teach us from it and help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to be thankful for messes. That's not normal. But we're not called to be normal. We're called to be your children. And so, Father, you, you teach us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. The verse is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. And it says this, Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. That's where we're going today. One modern translation puts it this way. An empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. I believe that these words apply to just about every aspect of our lives. First, let's take them at face value. I moved here from farm country. I lived for 15 years in the middle of a cornfield or a bean field, depending on what year it was. They rotated every year in the middle of Indiana, and most of my neighbors had barns, and they had big barns. What this verse is saying is, if your barn is clean and empty, it's probably not gaining you an income. Makes sense, doesn't it? If your barn is clean and it's empty, you're not doing much good out of your barn. It was interesting going to see church members in Indiana at planting our harvest times and their barns looked like disaster areas because they were going 90 miles an hour and everything happened in the barn. But when Proverbs 14.4 was written, the best piece of farm equipment you could own was the oxen. It was your tractor and your bulldozer and your bobcat and your foil wheeler and every machinery you had was tied up in an oxen. And so the verse is pretty clear. The more oxen you have, the better your income, but well, the dirtier your stable is going to be. For a second, let's apply this to how we view messes around us. 
Parents, please forgive me for what I'm about to say. Some of these examples I've used before and I've gotten in trouble for them. I've gotten some interesting reactions. It's easy for me to say this because our children are grown and out of the house. And when our grandson comes, from what I'm told and from what I've observed in our life, grandchildren can get away with things that children could not even dream about. Have you found that true in your experience? So, if your child's room is messy, and it took me a while to learn this. If your child's room is messy, and we had children's rooms that were messy, and we would have that fight about clean up your you've done that, been there, done that perhaps. Now we have clean, empty rooms at our house. Because our children are gone. And if a child's room is messy, you know what it means? It means they're home. And that's a good thing. If a child's room is messy, it means they have some stuff. We take stuff for granted, but that's a good thing too. It means that they're mobile and can get out of bed and do all sorts of things. And so there are ways of looking at that that messes aren't so bad. My brother Don's house in Marietta, um, Juliet's a talented decorator, and for years their house has looked like a magazine. Jeannie, that's true, isn't it? But then the grandchildren came. <laughs> and it has been so fun for the last year or so, there's been a little type electric car in the middle of the kitchen, between the kitchen and the den. And it's not a decorator piece. It's cute, but it, it doesn't belong. It's a little messy, but it's exactly where it should have been for such a long time so they can come and play. Now, they wouldn't have done that for Jonathan and Jordan. They would not have done that for their boys. They would have made them put it up. For the grandkids, if, is this true? That was, that was okay. Messes are always bad. An empty stable stays clean. But no income comes from an empty stable. When Jeannie and I were first married, there were some adjustments to make for her in that first year. I was perfect, but there were some adjustments <laughs> for her to make. I squeezed the toothpaste at the end. We had one tube of toothpaste, and I squeezed it at the end like a civilized person would squeeze a tube of toothpaste. And then you would wrap it up, and it always looked good. Jeannie was raised by wolves in Mississippi, and they would wrap the toothpaste in the middle and and it, you, Bill has had the same experience. It took us a while to figure, we would fight about toothpaste. Until we figured out we could each have our own tooth. And we have, each have our own toothpaste. But I was wrong. And I apologize. Because if a wife squeezes toothpaste in the middle, it means she is home. It means she has teeth. <laughs> It means she has good breath. It means she has a smile. There are times in our lives when we will spend a lot of time arguing about things that just, they don't matter. And we look at messes in the wrong way. There was a young man, Ryan, who grew up in our church in Indiana, and we watched him grow up and go to college and get married, and now they're on their fourth child. 
But when Ryan was in high school, he had the cleanest vehicle in Ripley County, Indiana. Probably twice a week, he would wash whatever vehicle he had and vacuum it out and detail it, and it looked good. And then he got married to Jamie, and he still had a good-looking car, and then the kids started coming, and one day, Jeannie and I ended up driving their van to bring a couple of the children home from the hospital, I think. Because a new one had been born. And the van had, if you wanted to eat every food you could imagine, there was more of that van. <laughs> there were french fries and gummy bears and whatever you could imagine all around. And I laughed because I remember when his vehicle was so clean, an empty stable stays clean. But no income comes from an empty stable. And I bet he wouldn't, change, wouldn't trade that trash to vacuum for the cleanest of vehicles because of the joy that comes from the mess that he had. Today I want to look at these words as a message to the church about evangelism. Because this verse, Proverbs 14, 4, I think really applies to every church. Do you know the ideal size of a congregation? The ideal size? Done a lot of study on this, and I do have my tongue in my cheek a little bit with some of the information we're going to give you today, but here's the ideal size. You don't have to clean up. If the barn is empty, there's no mess. And that's what Proverbs 14, 4 is. It's a ridiculous statement, but it is the way some churches look at evangelism. I know a church in southern Indiana near the Ohio River that has this sign out front. And the sign says, painted on a piece of plywood, right in the parking lot, no skateboards, no skates, no bicycles, no four-wheelers, no playing around on this property. Isn't that welcoming? <laughs> the church is very clean. The parking lot is very clean. An empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. I read of a church in Cincinnati that had a situation. They were on a corner like we are. And so people were going through the parking lot to get away from the intersection. And so people were worried about what are we going to do about all this traffic in our parking lot You've had discussions perhaps like this here, and they talked about gates and fences and policemen, and one staff member came up with this idea, and I love it. <laughs> they put a hot dog cart in their parking lot, and they gave hot dogs and water or coke to anybody who drove through. Think about what that did to the reputation of that church. An empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. Back to church and evangelism. One of the most frequent excuses I hear, and you hear, over the years from people who don't attend church is this. There are, I don't go to church because there are too many hypocrites there. You heard that? Yes. We've all heard that. There are too many hypocrites. What they've decided is the sick shouldn't go to the doctor. And that's hard for me to think. Over the years, I have loved watching the worst of sinners 
come to church. Because it is their presence that justifies our existence. Let me say that again. It's their presence that justifies the existence of the church. But church gets messy. It makes us uncomfortable when we might see certain people with messed up lives come into the door. And maybe it's worse in small town America where everybody knows everybody's business. But I remember when Sandy Springs was small town America and I was in Sunday school across the street and a boy came into Sunday school for the very first time that I'd gone to school with my whole life and I didn't know what he was doing in church. And I remember as a pastor's son going up to him to welcome him and I remember with all the text I could muster these words came out of my mouth. What are you doing here? That's <laughs> exactly what I said. Over the years, I've loved seeing all sorts come into God's house. And I could have done a better job that day. We're here for everybody. And sometimes churches get messes when everybody comes. I know a pastor who stood outside of a church to stop a couple from coming in because of their reputation. An empty stable stays clean. But no way it comes from an empty stable. Let's look at a few verses uh, where the attitudes of the disciples and others needed the adjustment of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 3. Luke chapter 18, verse 15. One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw them, they scolded the parents for bothering him. You remember how Jesus loved children and would scold the disciples for trying to keep children away. I preached this sermon in Indiana. And a few weeks later, dear friends of ours were on vacation in Florida. And while on vacation, they went to church. And they took their little daughter, who was under a year old, into church. And when they sat down, an usher came in and said, I'm sorry, but the baby has to go to the nursery. They said, well, we're out of town. We're visiting. She doesn't go anywhere. I'm sorry, there's no exceptions. And guess what they did? They got up and left church. And they won't go back. An empty stable will stay clean. Luke 18, beginning in verse 35. And don't you love the sound of a crying baby in church? I do. Luke 18, 35 to 39. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. And when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. And they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. And so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. It was messy when this man who really needed Jesus started yelling about it, but they weren't interested. They would have rather kept the situation. Luke 19, very familiar story to you, verses 1 to 7. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region. He'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, 
quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to the house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. And they would have rather kept everything clean and left Zacchaeus either hanging, sitting in the tree, or would have rather hung him from that than him give him the grace that we all deserve. An empty stable stays clean, but there's no income from an empty stable. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. The crowd went out to the lake shore again and caught the Jesus went out to the lake shore again and caught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home, his dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why did he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. I have been so fortunate in my life to be part of churches that are willing to get messy. In this very room are so many wonderful missionaries that are willing to do whatever it takes. I appreciate that and I look forward to what's going to happen in this stable in the days ahead. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, you know the section very well, gives us an insight into what Jesus did and how we ought to do. Beginning in verse 5, we read, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. God got messy when he came into this world and died on a cross. In the next several weeks, we celebrate the mess that he came to to be our Messiah. And I am so thankful. Let's pray. Father, your word teaches us an empty stable stays clean, but there's no income for an empty stable. Help us to apply that to our lives, wherever we are. There might be a mess at work, but it means we've got a job. There might be a mess in our family, but it means we've got a family. There might be a messy situation in our church, as there's dust everywhere from all of the work. Make us thankful for all of the work. Father, help us to see the world the way that you would have us to see it. To have your attitude, the attitude that gave up privilege and took the humble position of a slave. The attitude that humbled itself as you became obedient to death on the cross. We thank you that you did that for us, for each of us gathered in this room. So give us new eyes to see the way we are to see everything around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.